how the only way that we can have victory is to totally surrender all. Doesn't make sense to the natural mind, right? The only way you can have victory is through surrender. The only way we can come to know who God is is through surrender. The only way we can come to know His answer is through surrender. Not to the circumstances, but surrendering our pride and realizing that we need help. And that help comes from God. Surrendering our ability to do things and accepting God's ability to do things. That's the only way we have victory. That's the only way we can ever overcome. That's the whole message of the cross, right? That's why many can't receive it because they can't surrender themselves to someone else to receive what's already been purchased for them. That's why the cross is, how uh, to say, the cross is ridiculous to the world. Not the right words, but it's Jackson translation. It doesn't make sense to the world because it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Amen? Uh, today I'm going to talk to you about hearing from God. Let's see if I can even do this. Oh, look, it's already up. Um, today is the day, right? I, I love the verse that you shared this morning. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. I just stop right there. See, you do not refuse him who is speaking. What does that tell you? That someone's speaking. That someone's speaking. And God wouldn't speak unless we could hear him, right? So that means that he's speaking and we have the ability to hear God. God is speaking and we have the ability to hear God. We would not have come to Christ if we could not hear God. Some people say, I never heard God. Well, you have never have come to Christ because you repented. You gave your life to him because you heard him speaking. You heard him calling. So you have heard God. Now, sometimes we want to hear these like audible voices, but sometimes it could even be the word. Maybe he spoke to you through the word. You were reading a scripture and it's jumped off the pages and spoke to you. You know, that's one way he speaks. Maybe he put it in your heart and you knew that you needed to do something. That's him speaking to you. You know, sometimes we are looking for these voices to come out of the clouds and he's talking to us all the time. And we just aren't listening. So we need to listen to God, to know that he is speaking. Today, I'm just going to go through my points in case I don't make them through all. But, you know, uh, God is speaking to us. He wants to talk to us. We can know his voice through his word, and he speaks to us with his spirit. Amen? So uh, I have things through here, but I'm probably not going to get to them all. I just, uh, you know that God's word is eternal? But I want you to watch, this is a little video clip, and I'm just going to do like 30 seconds of it. Oh, it didn't work. But have you ever seen a seed germinate? The seed's in the ground, right? What's the first thing that happens is a root pops out. Not the sprout, but the root pops out. And where does it go? It goes down. It goes down into the ground, and it spreads its roots out. And then it pops up to the surface. So before you even see anything, the roots are developing in there. And sometimes God speaks to us 
and we just don't hear it. And we don't see it right away because that seed is planted in us and it has to germinate and grow. And it may appear next week. It may appear a month from now. It may appear a year from now. It may appear 10 years from now. But he's spoken it. And we just have to trust it. The only thing that disrupts it is if we root it out, right? If we, oh, God never speaks to me. You're just throwing that seed away. That can't be from God because that's impossible. You're throwing that seed away. God is speaking to you. Recognize it and hold true to it. Because, you know, the world will come and try to dissuade you that he ever spoke to you to begin with. He'll try to, the world will try to dissuade you that you can hear from God. Cares of this world will try to dissuade you. You know, the Mark 4 talks about all the different things of the seed. And uh, I might not even use this slideshow, but, but I want to say that God's words are eternal. That they speak to you, and they have meaning, and they have eternal consequences in your life. When he spoke to you about salvation, that was an eternal consequence in your life. It was something that had eternal consequences in your life. And if we hold on to what he's shown us, it'll have eternal consequences in our life. And there's all these other voices out there. You know, um, that shooter in Lewiston, that was just a horrendous thing. But it said that he heard voices, but he wasn't able to filter out what was God. I don't even know if he was saved, but he wasn't able to filter out. He didn't know what was God, what was his flesh, what was the world? What was the devil? Because he just taken in all those voices. So we all hear voices. Haven't you ever heard a brownie call your name? We've all heard the brownie call our name, haven't we? Or whatever it is your favorite dessert is. Or We've all heard our stomachs tell us, oh, we have to eat now or we're going to die. You know, and that's not true either. You know, Most of the time, we're not at the point of death. We're just hungry. So we all hear these voices in the world. You know, sometimes they come from our brain like, oh, this is an impossible situation. There's no way I can get through that. That's a voice in your head, right? It's talking to you. Is that God? How do we do it? You know, the world doesn't like standards. You know what a standard is? Like if you, back in the old days, they used to carry around standard weights and they would bring them into like a grocery store or a merchant place and they would say, your weight has to weigh the same as this weight. This is one pound, and this has to weigh exactly the same. It was something to gauge whether that weight was correct or not. You know, In actuality, they drive around the gas stations randomly, and they take gas tests, and they pour it into a gallon, a tank, you know, a couple gallons. I don't know how many gallons they use, but they pour it in there to measure it to see if, if it's accurately giving you the right amount of gas that it says it's giving you. you know, those are standards. But the world doesn't like standards because you don't have standards, you don't have to obey anything, right? So you can make up your own rules. You can change everything. Everything in the world is changeable, but God is not. So he gives us this world, this unchangeable thing, the word, this unchangeable thing that we can compare it to and we can know God's voice. You know, uh, John 10, I'm skipping through a lot here. You know, it says a uh, voice of a good shepherd we will know, right? A voice of a good shepherd we will know. We will know his voice. And the only way we can know his voice is if we can recognize it. If we know what he normally tells us. 
I'm just going to go there and for some reason I can't find it in my notes, but. Yeah. I am the good shepherd, good shepherd lays down his life. Where are we? What verse do we have, Pat? <laughs> the voice of the good shepherd we will follow, right? We will hear his voice speaking to us. We will know his voice. And the only way we can know his voice is to know him. You know, if someone said that your father said something that was like ridiculous, you would say, well, my father never talks that way. You know, he doesn't say that type of thing. And you know that it wasn't your father that said that, right? In the same way, if, someone, if you have a voice that tells you something that is contrary to the word of God, you say, I know how my father speaks. I know how my heavenly father speaks. I know that's not how he would tell me to do things. And I can say that is not God's voice, and I can reject it. But when you hear things that line up, and you can say, oh, that's what God says. I can overcome this. Oh, that's what God says. I can be victorious. Then we can say, oh, that is the Father's voice. I can follow after that. So you need the Word in you. The Word speaks to you. There's like several different types of uh, scriptures. Like Logos is a type of word. It's like the, the spoken Word of God from the beginning. You know, like Jesus was considered the Word of God. You know, John 1.1. 1, 1, uh, I am the Word. The Word was... My notes are leaving me today. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. And the, uh, the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word... What's with God? And, amen. So I know my tongue is twisting today. <laughs> but in the beginning, you know, that's logos. That's like Jesus' words, right? Those are things we can pull right out of Scripture, and just how they written is just what they mean, you know. And there's graphe is another one. That's like the written word of God. And then there's rhema, which is like the now word of God. It's when God pulls something off the page as you're reading it, and it speaks to you, and it tells you something, that's God's now word. But you have to know that that word that he pulled off that page is not going to contradict, you know, like, what's the old one that uh, Jesus committed suicide and now go do likewise? You know, like you can't put those two scriptures together. They're not in context with each other. You know what I mean? No, no, Judas committed suicide. Now go do likewise. I'm sorry. But we have to know God's word, because if we know God's word, then we know that that's not God speaking to us, right? He does not want us to commit suicide, amen? He does not want us to go do likewise. But reading his word, knowing his word, gives us the ability to discern it. And sometimes we need to just get to a quiet place, you know, like uh, Jesus went away. How many know that Jesus was under pressure? He had three years to establish a ministry that would affect eternity. Three years to establish a ministry to affect eternity. Three years. 
And we think we're under pressure at work. You know, I got to get this job done. And yet, through it all, what did he do? He took time away to spend with the Father. He separated time and went to a desolate place. You know, I, when I was first saved, I used to go to the fields out back. The, I worked, uh, I was um, saved at the University of Maine up at Orono, and they had a bunch of fields in the back, and I would just go walk those. I'd, a lot of times I'd walk them at night, because, you know, when you're living in a dorm situation, there's like no real peace there, you know what I mean? There's just always something happening. So I'd go out there and just walk and talk with God. Those were in desolate places, places where the world wasn't shouting at me. And sometimes he would speak loudest with me with just being next to me. I would feel his presence. And just knowing that his presence was there was enough sometimes. You know, um, we do a lot of marriage uh, tapes and stuff like that. And one of the things it says that men don't always need to talk. Sometimes just they want their wife just with them. You know, they need that companionship just to know that someone's next to them. And that we are kind of that way, that we just need sometimes to know that God is with us, that his companionship is next to us that we aren't alone in this world. And that the situations we are facing, we're not facing alone because he is there standing by beside his word. That's what his presence tells us, isn't it? This situation looks impossible, but it's not impossible because I have a God that is standing with me. And he will not let me fail. Now I said in the beginning, you know, you, know, you have to surrender everything to God to see victory. Well, you can't quit either. You can't quit seeking God. You can't quit pressing on. Because that's the only way that you'll ever lose is by quitting. Because if you have the God behind you, He will see you through the situation that you are facing. He's a great God, a big God. When Patty and I were first married, sometimes we would take times alone. We would just hop in the car and go for a drive. You know, we some of our... Our first child was born because of a drive we went to Vermont with. <laughs> not during that trip, but just, I'm not getting that graphic or anything. I just mean the idea, the idea to have that first, that peace to have that first child. God spoke to us while we were traveling to Vermont. You know, we're on our trip to Vermont and God was telling us now's the time to have that child. And um, so some of the greatest times is when we just were, it was just me and her. So you could say we were living home alone, you know, just me and her. Why couldn't he speak then? Because there were so many things vying for our attention then. You know, there was like, oh, there's this, there's that, you know. But we needed that time to talk about stuff. Um, and men probably more than women because men tend to not know how to talk, you know. <laughs> we tend to be, oh, you know everything. What you know? What, what's the problem? You know, <laughs> men are sometimes called clueless in, in uh, relationships <laughs> because uh, we just think if nothing, nothing's wrong that we can see, then everything must be right. <laughs> but God is speaking to us. <laughs> um, but. For men, we actually have to take times. Remember one time we had a uh, class 
project in Bible school. We had to sit and talk for an hour. But you know, talk, this is what I, why I brought it up. Communication isn't one way. You know, I can be a great listener. But I'm not necessarily a great talker. I mean, you hear me talk up here, but I'm usually a man of few words, you know? And it takes me a while to form words to the thoughts that are in my head. And if we don't take that time with God to form those words, to speak those words, then we're missing out on half the communication. We need to go back and forth with Him and take the time to hear what He's saying to us. And uh, you know, Hebrews twelve, uh, Hebrews four twelve says the word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, of discerning thoughts and intentions of the heart. And I just wanted to point out, piercing to division of soul and spirit. That's what the word of God it pierces between the soul and the spirit. Now I'm going to share something real quick. We can go into it some other time, but we are a spirit being. That's who we are. We are a spirit being, we have a soul, and we live in a body. We are not a soul. We always talk about saving the soul. Well, the, the soul is saved through the renewal of the word, but it's not what we're really saving spirits. We're reconnecting our spirits with God's spirit, because God's spirit talks to our spirit. Um, I know I'm missing verses like Romans 8. 14, for all, uh, I'm going to read in the voice. If the Spirit of God is leading you, then take comfort in knowing that you are His children. The Spirit of God is leading you, then take comfort that you are His children. And then 16, I go back to ESV, says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. But the Spirit talks to Spirit. His Spirit talks to our spirit. You know what the soul and mind is like your intellect and your emotions, right? How many know that those aren't always right, you know? Sometimes you feel like, ah, oh, this is all wrong or something like that, but you, sometimes you know what's right in your heart or the opposite way it feels all right in your mind, but you know, no, no, that's not. Logically, that makes sense for me to do this, but I shouldn't be doing this. And you don't know the reason. Amen. But he speaks to us through his spirit. Um, I'm just going to we'll just wrap up here. But we have to know God. And the only way we can know God is getting into his word. And then when we know God, we can listen to his voices speaking to us. And we can know that he that it's his voice and not the voice of our flesh, our soul, our spirit, but it's his voice speaking to us. And then we can discern what God's telling us to do. And sometimes we need to just take time and write it down. You know, when you get a word from God, the thief comes immediately trying to steal that seed. So it's good when God tells you something to write it down in a place where you look again. And remember, this is what he's told you to do. Because he'll try to convince you otherwise, that no, you can't do that. No, you can't succeed there. 
but he has a plan for you. Write it down. Hold on to it, even if you don't see it budding right away. It's a seed in your life. Hold on to what God's told you. I was felt like I was called back in my 20s to, to be a pastor. But I'm in my 50s now seeing the seed come out and sprout. Sometimes it's not an immediate thing. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it's a maturity in us that and we have to kind of rot that shell away, put our roots down before we can sprout up. But hold on. No, God is speaking to you. He desires to speak to you. That's the whole reason, you know, Adam and Eve, the whole reason we were created was that He could speak to us and talk to us, fellowship with us, have time with us. The whole reason that He was speaking to us. He wants to speak to us. He desires to speak to us. And He is speaking to us. Take the time. Listen. He'll give you ideas sometimes. He'll give you impressions sometimes. He'll give you peace sometimes. Sometimes that peace is louder than words. He is speaking to you even today telling you things that you need to know for your life. And today, of all days, we need to hear them. We need to know, should we go to that restaurant? It might be because we shouldn't gain so much weight. We shouldn't go. It might be because something's going to happen in that restaurant we need, don't know about. But we need to listen to it. Amen? I thank you, Father, that you are here speaking to us, that you have a word for us, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, that you are leading and guiding us, Lord God, in all that we do, Lord Jesus, and that we can hear your voice. We are equipped to hear your voice, Lord God. Teach us to be quiet enough to hear you speaking. Teach us to pay attention to what you say. And teach us to do what you tell us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.